With nearly 40% of all working-age Americans struggling to make ends meet, one might imagine that workers would be more than happy to receive a pay raise or promotion, but that's not always the case. Because the struggle for basic family needs often requires the use of public assistance programs, some workers are concerned about earning more than the minimum amount required for eligibility to these programs. Low-income workers have to make a choice whether the benefits of these programs outweighs the cost of making more monthly income. For workers, it can be hard to decide whether earning more money will make them worse off or better, which is why researcher Susan Carpenter calls the cliff effect an issue. As director of the Center for Social Policy, she studies low-income working families and their struggles for financial freedom and security. Welcome to the 8 o'clock buzz, Susan. Thanks, Kai. I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, we brought you in for your expertise. So starting off, uh, let's paint a picture of the issues facing the modern-day working-class citizen earning minimum wage. What economic challenges do they face and what kinds of jobs do they typically hold? Well, you know, well, many people picture teens uh, just starting out as minimum wage workers. In fact, most minimum wage workers are actually adults, and many of them have families. Uh, in terms of jobs, they tend to work in jobs like restaurant servers or retail sales and healthcare support. But even those making more than minimum wage are usually not earning enough. For example, let's take Dane County. It would take almost twice the minimum wage for a single parent with two kids working full-time to make ends meet. So as a result, these low-income workers are facing major challenges. So in particular, they're burned by the high cost of housing, health care, and child care. And because they earn so little, they often find themselves in debt from credit cards or educational loans. And most are even unable to uh, meet an unexpected expense from a medical emergency or a car repair. Right. It's good to remember that of the working class, you know, it's 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 not just uh, what, what people imagine at minimum wage. It's not just um, teenagers. Uh, now, you know, obviously it's it's, um, you know, a wider age range than that. And typically, as you said, um, we meet people that are working to provide for families. So in your That's research, right. yeah. Have you observed many low income workers that are also using um, federally funded programs like public housing assistance and Medicaid? You know, how would those the use of those programs impact the finances of these workers and their families? Uh, well, Kai, they actually help a lot. Uh, because these low-paid workers can't earn enough to work, they, they do rely on those government programs to supplement their income. So common programs they might utilize are, you know, Medicaid or Badger Care Plus and they're in Wisconsin or Food Share or, like you said, they're on a, some sort of a housing rental voucher. And, you know, surprisingly, about one quarter of all workers rely on some form of government assistance. And so when they're on these programs, the combination of their earnings from work plus the government support allows them to provide these basic needs for their families. And, and, and by basic, I, I want to you know, emphasize that I do mean basic, so they don't pay for any extras like, you know, after-school activities and after-school sports or, you know, for the adult parent to go back and pursue their own education. Nothing like that. Right, exactly. So these are the basic needs that you're talking about here. So can you describe exactly. your research cliff effect and how it impacts economic prospects for these lower wage workers? Sure. Let me give that a try here. Uh, so, so workers who rely on the benefits, they're, they're often caught in a juggling act between making sure they can maintain their benefits and also work. And so when they make more money, either from a pay raise or from increased hours, the additional income is often offset by a reduction 
in these public benefits that they rely on. So that's what we call the cliff effect. In essence, it's, it's like a series of stumbling blocks where, mm. you know, they're going one step forward or two steps back, and, and it just creates a lot of barriers to earning increased wages. And, and it's, it's, it's actually quite complex because these programs are administered by different federal and state agencies, and all of them have different eligibility rules. And it's those different criteria across programs that actually exacerbate the cliffs because the families might be dropped off unexpectedly, so they cannot predict it. And so it's this complexity and the uncertainty of it that leads many workers to actually stick with the status quo and, and rather than take a chance and actually earn more. Okay, that's really interesting. So your research is focused on Massachusetts area residents. So in what ways has the state of Massachusetts worked to actually solve the issues that you're talking about here? Well, there's a few new programs that are underway to address the cliff effect. Uh, first, uh, Massachusetts Governor Baker has raised the eligibility for our housing rental voucher so that families can stay in their homes longer while they earn more money. And then similar changes have been made to our food stamps program, which is actually the federal SNAP, uh, so that the eligibility for this program tapers off over time. And then uh, a second approach has been to implement what's called the new Learn to Earn program. And this program pairs workforce development job training with additional support, flexible funding, and, and financial coaching. And so by providing this financial coaching, it gives, it gives the worker a better understanding of their overall financial picture once they're in a new job. Uh, and then also, and critically, uh, Massachusetts is also working on developing an online digital tool. And this piece is very important as a way to overcome the cliff effect because it's, it's essential that working parents have access to their complete financial picture. So how would that tool work? Well, so you can picture the tool as something like TurboTax. Uh, which many mm. min middle-income and higher-income workers rely on. Right. So if you think about a tool like TurboTax, you're, you're picturing you know, entering all of your personal information, your financial information, the government supports your tax information, and then workers would then be able to run scenarios to figure out, well, what would happen if I earned more? What would happen if I took that promotion or earned a raise or pursued a new opportunity? And so this is going to be very important because right now, there are many workers who could take that promotion, but they don't know it, and so they don't know whether that move would actually improve their financial situation or whether they would struggle to pay for groceries. Right. This might actually help my life out if I use that. Yeah, definitely. And I've definitely used TurboTax before. So, yeah, no, it's definitely like rooting that as a thing that could be used by many. You know, a lot of people actually could probably make use of that. Um how do exactly. your, yeah how do your observations of the cliff effect in Massachusetts compare to the rest of the nation well i've been fortunate to have the opportunity to speak on the cliff effect across the country and wow. i found that most states are actually yeah it's great and is like you know it's but but states are grappling with the the same issues and now because here at the Center for Social Policy at UMass Boston, we've conducted extensive research and Massachusetts has implemented some new policies. Uh, we're a little bit ahead in understanding the complex issues. Uh, but, you know, still there's a lot of policy initiatives that are underway 
in other states. And so, for example, you know, a lot of states are experimenting with changing the eligibility rules for programs so that mm-hmm. workers remain eligible for assistance for longer periods of time. And for that, I would say the most common targeted program is childcare vouchers, because, of course, that is just a key and high-cost need that families have. And so uh, a lot of new policies have uh, allowed families to keep their childcare for longer, or they have, say, implemented a, a sliding scale fee structure. And, you know, interestingly, Kai, I have found that, like, overall, this is a very bipartisan issue. Uh, Again, I've spoken to, yeah, both, uh, you know, uh, with, you know, both Republicans and Democrats, and they're very interested and invested in solving the cliff effect. And I I tend to find, interestingly, that there's more agreement than disagreement. (laughs) That's actually surprising in today's political climate. Um, Why is that, do you think? What, What makes them unite on this issue? Yes, it is. Uh, So I believe this is due uh, in large part to the fact that businesses are grappling with the problem and coming to the table. So business owners themselves are finding that workers will not increase their hours or take raises for higher level positions they need to fill. So here we have unemployment at a historic low, yet workers still won't take opportunities for fearing for fear of losing a key support or, you know, kind of dropping off of that government assistance they rely on. So basically, employers are throwing up their hands and trying to figure out what to do. Okay, so are there any policy suggestions for how to address these issues at the national level? Yeah, sure. So first, let's go back to the tool and the issue of transparency. So I've definitely seen a a lot of interest and really an uptick of interest at the federal and the state level in developing a digital tool to understand the cliff effect and then, you know, take that and and, and build that across the nation. And again, this reflects this bipartisan recognition that families need to understand how to balance their government benefits with their earnings and that this is something that's essential to do. Uh, so another important approach uh, it would be to make changes to the federal government programs themselves. So when we think about any of the, the state programs, uh, whether it's, you know, Food Share or Badger Care Plus, so all of those state programs are typically based on federal rules and regulations that then flow down to the states. And so by changing those, those rules, those criteria, then states would have more flexibility to make changes with their own programs. Um, And and then uh, also kind of another approach, an important one, would be to change the tax structure. So um, there are tax credits, like one is called the Earned Income Tax Credits, uh, another is called the Child Care Tax Credit, and and these are programs that provide credit, and they, they really encourage work by enabling workers to keep more of their earned income instead of paying it in taxes. Okay, so Susan, let, let's imagine we did make all those changes. We put all those policies in place and, you know, people started, um, the government started making this things happen. Uh, would that solve the cliff effect, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, it, it, it would not. Uh, okay. <laughs> so let's think about this. <laughs> so even if all of these changes were implemented, many low-income workers, probably most, still wouldn't be able to earn enough to, to make ends meet through, through work. And so for that to happen, they would need significantly more support for paying, you know, some of these high costs. So, uh, for example, like a major reform such as universal child care, that would be a way for enable families to cover all their expenses. But I need to tell you this, even if universal child care or something similar even with that being implemented, it wouldn't solve the cliff effect. It would, it would mitigate it. It would make it better because it would allow families to 
you know, be able to, to meet their expenses. To, to actually solve the cliff effect, you have to picture all the programs would need to be redesigned and integrated so that they're working effectively together across the federal and the state and across all the agencies. So I'm not sure how this would happen under the current system. And essentially, it would require a revolution. Okay, revolutionary ideas on the 8 o'clock buzz. We've been speaking with Susan Crandall, Director of the Center for Social Policy at the University of Massachusetts, Boston. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks. It's great to be here today.